tonight on our very first episode, we're talking about one of Long Island, New York's most haunted places with over three centuries of history, the Country House Restaurant in Stony Brook. We'll hear the sad story of Annette Williamson's death and search the Obadiah Davis Cemetery to find out who really has been haunting the property and spooking owners, workers, and patrons alike over the years. And along the way, we'll learn to never trust French psychics. It's Wednesday at 9 p.m. Okay, guys, I have a great story to start the show off. Over the weekend, I was visiting family for my grandma's birthday, and my Uncle Joe from Long Island mentioned that there's a billion haunted places on Long Island. We love Uncle Joe. We do. He's, he's great. But he pointed me in the direction of some stories. What's considered the most haunted location on Long Island? It's called the Country House Restaurant. And I want to tell you guys a story about the ghosts that haunt it and why the story that's told might not be true. Ooh, scandalous. Yeah. I like stories with different perspectives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. Okay. So <laughs> okay. So actually, we might have passed by this actually when we went on our trip to Long Island over the summer. It's in Stony Brook. Oh, yeah. We were in like the Hamptons. Sarah is pretty far out east, way past this, but we might have driven right past this road, right past this uh, restaurant. For those who don't know Long Island, it's on the north shore of Long Island, which is the huge island to the east of New York City. It's not part of New York City, but two boroughs of New York City, Brooklyn and Queens, are on the island, but they don't really consider that Long Island. People would be very offended if you said you were from Long Island, if you're from Queens or Brooklyn. So do you guys know how old European settlements on Long Island are? If you had to give a random guess. Uh, well, 400. 300, probably. 400 years. Okay, I thought you guys were going to be wrong. That's right. It's like 300 years old since the 16... Oh, that's almost 400, honestly. 1600s, like mid-1600s, mm-hmm. right? The water above it, the Long Island Sound, is where everyone would do like whaling, killing whales and taking their meat and selling them, whatever. It was like really nice water for that. So it became really popular early 1600s. So a lot of the buildings there are hundreds of hundreds of years old. The building we're talking about today was built in 1710. Oh, yeah, it is. So pre-America. Yeah, pre-America. Basically what happened, a lot of New England settlers came down to Long Island, mid-1600s, for the farming and for the whaling. This is like prime time for a few different things. Freemasonry. Yeah. Secret societies. And a little bit later on, spiritualism. So I think Nick and I really know about spiritualism. Aaron, what do you know about spiritualism? Uh, I'll be honest, not that much. That's really the idea, simply that you can talk to the dead. Oh, okay. That's where mediums, the idea of mediumship started. Seances and all kinds of things like that. In America, at least, it like started sweeping, sweeping the nation in like the late 1700s and mid, uh, all, all the way through the 1800s. And it became like really popular for people to do seances and just like shut the lights off and use Ouija boards and like the precursors to Ouija boards and do table tipping and all that. And like mediums started appearing, claiming that they could talk to the dead and you can pay them and they'll talk to your grandma and they'll, you know, they'll manifest your dog that died and it'll lick your face in the dark and stuff like that. (laughs) It was kind of like parlor games more to an extent, like just as as a form of entertainment more than anything. 
Yeah, and interestingly, this all really started in like upstate New York, not too far from where we are right yeah. now, in Hydesville, which is like in between Syracuse and it's more central Rochester. Oh, it's more western than central. It's yeah, it's actually really yeah. west. Yeah, yeah. So this building built around 1710 by the Davis family, and they owned it at least four generations, pretty long time, and. Again, this is on the north shore of Long Island, pretty good farmland, but Stony Brook really wasn't a well-known place. It was kind of like backwater town for the first good chunk of it because no one really wanted to go there. It was difficult to travel there. A bunch of poor farmers, no one really cared. This building, the Davis family must have been pretty rich because it was huge, very large building, two stories, and pretty active throughout the 1700s. It housed British soldiers at some point. It was used as a town meeting place. It was a stagecoach stop. During the Revolutionary War, it was used as a, uh, a contact point for the Culper Spy Ring, which was an American spy ring that George Washington started. There, were, there would be spies that came in and out. Um, so imagine there's this beautiful, and if you guys want to click the link I sent you in the Discord, which will be in the show notes, you could see this building. It's a restaurant now. It was only a restaurant starting in like 1970, 1980. Oh, that's fairly recent for it being. Was it just a historical? Oh, yeah, okay, it was yeah. purchased historical building for all that time. Passed down through a few different families. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's right off. It's on the corner of two main roads, Main Street and mm. uh, like Route 25A, which is that classic long road that all Long Islanders know on the North Shore. So, yeah, a lot of history here. Let's, let's talk about some of the weird stuff, right? Because there's a lot here. Imagine this nice house. It's kind of on the hill. The Davis family, Obadiah Davis was the guy who bought it, bought the land and built the property. He built a family cemetery right behind it on a little hill overlooking the building. It's where his family was buried. Um, and that that's still there to that day, the cemetery. Do you think the cemetery being there might contribute to some of the happenings that you're going to discuss today? The cemetery does feature very strongly in the story. In fact, I found who's buried in that cemetery because there are some conflicting stories about the ghosts that haunt mm. this place and who is buried here. I found the gravestones and pictures of the gravestones, and some things don't line up. Um, I couldn't find where the cemetery was actually, like physically on Google Maps or on maps. There's no record They're of probably it. Keep so I actually it. called them up today. Oh, really? No, I called oh, them wow. up today on the phone, and I said, Hi guys. Um, where's this? Where's the Obadiah Davis Cemetery? And they told me they're like, oh, it's right behind the stables next to the parking lot. Oh, that's more open of them than I would expect. Yeah, I was like, oh, wow, okay. Though from what I've heard from all the research I did, you can't just really—they don't really appreciate you just walking there. Uh, it's a very small cemetery. It's like fifty tombs, basically. It's yeah, kind of how it goes for most cemeteries, though. Unless you have like family there, you can't just wander about. Yeah, it's 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 not like a public cemetery that anyone can just uh, yeah to visit or, or or even be buried in. They're all very old, like all seventeen, eighteen hundred deaths. So yeah, so what do people think about this house? Well, in the eighteen hundreds, there was a very famous uh, comedian named Thomas Hathaway. He purchased the house. And lived there for a while, and he was a spiritualist. So what did he do? Well, he started hosting seances in this building, right? For all all the neighborhood, uh, all the people who knew about this, it was more actually a low key thing. He and his his close confidants uh, would come and perform seances and try to do table tipping, which is literally just putting your hands on the table in the dark and seeing if it starts tipping. So it's kind of similar to when people 
like grab the Ouija board and push the the little singing device onto the letter they want. Depends. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what you think. Whether how how much uh, how much spirits would actually want. just want to like shake a table around and stuff. Yeah, I think I think it's a little silly. A lot of it was revealed to be fraud at the time. In fact, um, one of Thomas Hathaway's buddies was a guy named William Sidney Mount, who was a pretty famous artist of the time. And this guy was like a hardcore Freemason and a hardcore spiritualist. Mm -hmm. And he would come to these seances and perform these seances all the time. He lived across the street, basically in his own haunted house. Um, And this guy, William Sidney Mount, is supposedly one of the ghosts that still haunts the country house restaurant to this day. That said that he comes back to uh, perform seances like he used to back in the day. A ghost performing a seance. Yeah, he that he keeps, <laughs> you know he, he shows up in his. It said he shows up in his like his travel gear with his big hat and like his uh, you know his long jacket and stuff. The same dress he would use to come to the seances. He, um, he just keeps contacting himself. He just, he just keeps <laughs> contacting himself. I guess. Sorry. Yeah. It's a very vicious cycle. A lot of famous people would do seances here. The other guy that I found interesting was P.T. Barnum mm-hmm. of the fame, obviously like entertainer fame of uh, circus fame. He was a buddy of uh, Hathaway because Hathaway actually worked for him as a performer. So you had lots of interesting people, interesting beliefs, hosting seances, trying to contact the dead, often trying to contact their own dead loved ones, claiming to uh, experience different things, claiming to see things. Uh, and that was just for a short time in like the mid to late 1800s. Many of the owners of this place have had some interest in the occult or spirits or something, really anything like that. So given that, nowadays, a lot is said about this place. The current owner who purchased it in, I think, like 2005, Bob Willemstein, he used to work there as a busboy like 20 years before. And he worked his way all the way up to owner eventually, which is pretty cool. Yeah, good for him. Pretty impressive. And there are many interviews with him where he tells all the stories of all the crazy things that happened to him, um, that happened to his workers, that have happened to visitors, that have happened to guests, right? Because this is a restaurant that we can go to. Uh, in fact, I know someone who's gone to it. My girlfriend, Sarah, has eaten there as a kid. But supposedly it's very fine dining. It's very, it's very expensive. It's like twenty to forty dollars a meal. But anyway, some of the stuff that's said to happen here, right? And this is considered Long Island's most haunted place. Hmm. So people are are said to have seen the ghost of William Sidney Mount. So a man dressed in eighteen hundreds garb walking in the hallways, leaving footsteps. Workers at night locking up would see him. At the corner of their eyes. Uh, it's always like the same description of the guy, right? A lot of different things with him, a lot of different things with other male spirits and, you know, EVPs, so recordings of disembodied voices and all that, things like candles being reignited. But the most interesting story that comes out of the country house haunting is that of Annette Williamson. So I'm going to tell you guys the story of Annette Williamson. And then we're going to see if there's anything funky about the story. So this story comes from the owner, Bob, who was told it by a random French psychic who once visited the restaurant. (laughs) 
years and years ago. Like when he was and the owner or when he was a busboy? When he was the owner, this random French psychic showed up in town late one night and was like, oh, you're a ghost in your house. <laughs> That's my French accent. It's pretty good. Pretty good and Baba's yeah. like, oh, tell me about it. And he sat and he told this whole story. Then Long Island's most famous psychic duo, a lady named Carrie Ann. Long Island Medium. Medium <laughs> Carrie Ann and Joe Giaquinto is the guy. He can, He's a paranormal investigator and he considers himself a medium, kind like of. Like a sensitive, sort of? Yeah, he considers himself, that's a good way to put it, sensitive. They have written books. They've written many stories about this because they claim to be in contact with the ghost of Annette Williamson. And they verified her story and expanded on it and documented it in books and documentaries and local news articles to the point where it's one of the most famous Long Island haunted haunting stories. So who is Annette Williamson? Well, it's said that the Williamson family was a family that owned the property at some point during the Revolutionary War, that period, right? And it said they had several children, the oldest of which was Annette. She was only 17 years old, so the rest of the kids must have been pretty young. And it said that they were a Dutch family living in the area, right? And as the story goes, around the Revolutionary War time, so just as stuff is starting to heat up, her parents had property in New Jersey. I don't know why they would want to keep property uh, in that dirty state. (laughs) But they wanted to check up on it and make sure that, right, the British weren't destroying it or they were in the area at the time and they were really worried about it there. They must have been the wealthy family to own this property. It was pretty large. Mm -hmm. So what they decided to do, they decided to leave Annette home alone to watch over the household and the rest of the family while they go on a trip to just check on the property in New Jersey. It was a pretty dangerous trip as, again, the British are kind of in the area. In fact, New York, I think, was controlled by the British for a long time during the Revolutionary War. So uh, it wouldn't be an easy trip. It'd be pretty difficult to do. And there was actually a lot of loyal loyalist uh, supporters across Long Island amongst farmers. Stony Brook had a good mix of... Um, pro-American citizens, but not a good time to travel. And so Annette was extremely distressed by this. She begged them not to leave, but they had to. And so she was left alone, terrified to fend for herself and her siblings, not knowing when her parents would get back. And of course, she had nothing to defend herself from the British. She could do nothing. So lo and behold, when the British came and seeing a beautiful, huge property demanded that they uh, that Annette allowed them to stay there, mm-hmm. what could she do, right? She had to say yes. She couldn't do anything, and she needed to keep herself and her siblings safe. So she let them stay. And so it said, for the period of time where the British troops occupied the property, Annette spent her days just totally, totally depressed, wandering around, sitting in the old field room, which is on the second floor, Nowadays, it's like a private party room in the restaurant on the second floor, sitting out, looking out the window, just blankly staring, waiting for her parents to return. Every day, this is what she would do. She'd just wander around, just worried about her parents, worried about keeping after her siblings, worried about the British, worried about the war. And this went on for a long time. And unfortunately, her parents never returned. They were killed by the British in New Jersey. And to make matters worse, when the British left finally, 
the townspeople didn't take too kindly to her housing their enemy, and they accused her of being a British spy. Mm. And an angry mob broke down the doors and without any sort of trial, murdered her and the rest of the family in cold blood. Like all the other siblings? Yes, yes. So keep in mind the interesting parts of the story, right? Now, there are disagreeing records on whether she was hanged in the old field room near the fireplace or murdered outside. But that's the story. She died. And ever since then, there have been countless, countless, countless encounters with her. Mm. The owner, Bob, tells stories of closing up at night, turning around the corner, and bumping into a full apparition of a young woman, blonde hair, blue eyes, very pale, who turns to look at him, is startled, has a look of fear Mm. and surprise, and just dissipates in front of him. He's had stuff like his tie clip, which is a oddly specific thing, disappear and reappear on the fireplace where she was supposedly hanged. But then it gets even weirder because there's actually many, many, many encounters that have had many witnesses. He was once closing out the restaurant uh, with an old friend who was very much a skeptic and didn't believe in any of this sort of stuff at all. They were sitting down when supposedly, and this is from the person himself, a chair in the restaurant is lifted up and thrown at him. Oh, we got some poltergeist stuff going on. Yes. And as they turn to look, they catch a glimpse of a white dress kind of flapping right around like a corner as if someone just escaped the room. Well, they caught a glimpse of her. So there's the seeming like poltergeist kind of trickery stuff going on with like the hiding of the uh, <clears throat> tie pin as well. But then he al- you said he also just like ran into her basically and she dissipated that doesn't that doesn't yeah. sound as aggressive as the poltergeist stuff so like if the, that's true you know for as far as hauntings go i mean you said it's the most haunted place there could just be multiple things at work there because if you i don't it wouldn't make i don't feel like it would make sense for one th- you know for there to be poltergeist activity from the same thing that got startled and then vanished that's a Keep that in mind. That's a interesting point. Well, definitely. To to add to that, um, were any of the siblings, uh, like her sister, like could it have been one of the sisters instead of her, or or you, was the account that it was probably Annette? All the encounters assume that it's Annette. Mm. The stories never give details on how many siblings there were, or you know how young they were, and how many guys, how many girls. So it's always assumed to be Annette. Basically, anything that happens in the house is chalked up to Annette. Okay. Um, to a point where it's kind of like advertised for this restaurant that you'll get to experience the ghost of Annette because evidently she's very kind to children. Hmm. One day when a family was dining there, evidently with a young girl, like four or five years old, the little girl would keep getting up and trying to get into the men's bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and Bob, the owner, eventually came over and was like, "Hi, uh, you know, can you can you please tell your daughter to stop? We can't, you know, it's causing a scene. Just you know, let her know she can't do that." And the parents were really embarrassed. And the mom was like, "You know, sweetie, you can't, you can't go there. That's that's not for girls. That's for guys. Why are you trying to go there?" And the girl said, "My friend, 
my friend's trying to play hide and seek with me. She wants me to, to follow her over there. And they're like, what? And they ask the kid to describe the girl or the friend. And she's like, that's a young girl, young, young lady, uh, like blonde hair, blue eyes. And she gives a description exactly matching the story of Annette Williamson, right? In that case, it's like a more friendly story. But there are less friendly things, really kind of just eerie. Uh, very often, um, workers would catch glimpses of, of her when working outside. They'd see a silhouette of a young woman in the window, the same window she was said to sit in, with like a really sad look. And something interesting, it's said that people who notice her in that context are overcome with a sense of sadness. And the owner, Bob, has claimed that he's even seen people just start to cry, like out of nowhere, just be affected that much by the, I don't know, by the the atmosphere of, of her presence, that they just start to weep. and. The stories go on from there. I mean, there are stories of the one night in like August of 1980. Uh, it's really hot out. You know when sometimes there's like lightning, even though there's no rain, oh, and it's yeah. really humid yeah, out, like heat yeah. lightning. Yeah, that's fake. But continue. What do you? What, <laughs> heat lightning is not a real thing. Oh, it's not. No, but a lot of people believe that because it's hot out, um, that there is lightning caused by the heat but it's actually just far away lightning that's that is very interesting okay so there's far away lightning and all the lights in the house go out and all the workers go outside and they're like oh what's going on and they turn and they see even though all the lights are out there's no power in the window of the old field room on the second floor the lights are on and it's almost like a candle yeah. light like a flickering sort of light and they watch as the shape of a young woman Long hair, just a silhouette, walks across the window. And all of a sudden, the lights go back on in the house. They rush back in. You know, they go up there. Of course, there's no one there. A lot of weird stuff like that. A lot of full-on apparitions of, of this ghost, sights of her silhouette, sights of her up front, um, playful things like, you know, the tie clip disappearing or candles relighting themselves, that chair being thrown across. Yeah, just playful. Yeah, and they, and they always hear stuff like footsteps and all sorts of things. In fact, I saw an account of a worker who claimed to have worked there back in the day who claimed that basically on some quiet nights after like closing, the workers would just like hang out at the bar there and have fun just waiting for something to happen. Like the stuff was that common. They'd hear voices, they'd hear footsteps, they'd hear or they'd see silhouettes, they'd see things move. Uh, in the wine cellar in the basement, supposedly wine bottles sometimes will just fly off the walls and wine glasses will smash in front of people's faces and it's all chucked up to Annette Williamson. I wish that would happen at my work. What the heck? <laughs> Do you? Right? Uh, Not when you have to clean it. <laughs> true, yeah. But uh, so yeah, there's just a lot of stuff here. And one of the craziest claims I've heard is that like when people listen to music in the restaurant at night, like the owner will have like a radio on, the ghost of Annette will mess with the radio because she loves music and she'll turn the knobs and they'll be like, Annette, what are you doing? Um, so evidently she loves music. She loves kids. She loves music. All great. She just crank up right? some ACDC that they put on after closing. Exactly. She just jams out to some classic rock. That's kind of interesting that she's very, you know, attached to the music kind of thing because radios weren't really too common or I don't even think they were a thing back then. Um, yeah, it's good. Yeah. So I don't, 
I mean, obviously people had music for centuries and centuries, but it's interesting to think that new technology is impacting the old behaviors of the ghost. Ghosts can learn. You think that means they can use iPhones as well? They could like pause your Spotify? No, but that they might something. be able to type into ChatGPT if they possess your computer. That is just what ChatGPT is. Oh, AI is just ghosts. Ghost. <laughs> yeah, it's just like ghosts. But great. So we have all these accounts. We, I mean, you even have accounts of people, like random people driving by at night and seeing mm. the silhouette of Annette Williamson in the window and being overcome with sadness. So oh, from a distance. While the yeah, so while the original story kind of comes from that French psychic that passes to the owner and then the um Carrie Ann and Joe kind of running with it and claiming to be in contact with her when they visit, you don't have just sightings limited to those people. Mm-hmm. You have normal if you look at the reviews on Google Maps of this place and you search for haunted or ghost, people will reference her and be like, love the atmosphere, love the friendly spirits, love Annette. Always great to visit her. And it's like, it's weird. So I'd love to go there. I think this summer we should try going there. If you guys come down, we'll visit it. Yeah. Um, well, quick question. You said, so like, I'm still hung up on that throwing the chair. Has anyone been hurt? Because you know, you hear stories of people getting scratched or like being pushed downstairs with like these kind of more, also these poltergeist things. So I'm just wondering if someone's been hurt and then like they also just chalk it up to a net when i mean there are reviews saying oh she's great we love her that's a good question i think not good for business obviously so they might not really so want to say that. yeah so that's an interesting point the business will always tell us like the cute the cutesy stories about annette um paranormal investigators that come to visit and write books often tell more of the other stories like right. EVPs that might have more um kind of like the ones I've listened to stuff. are just voices saying come so not oh. not spooky yeah. but the po- like the restaurant doesn't advertise the throwing chair story well right? yeah i mean i was yeah. just curious if any you know if yeah. there was anything no i else. i don't i haven't heard of any other violent things besides throwing wine glasses and wine bottles off that's that's kind yeah. of that's not peaceful I'm wondering if it it very well could be a net in both the peaceful and, you know, a little bit more violent scenarios. I'm wondering if she just reacts to people differently. Like she may see, you know, a a white strong man and think, okay, you're probably one of the British. I don't really like you uh, because you got me inadvertently killed or, you know, maybe one of the townspeople that uh, had her hung or executed um maybe someone looked like that and that's what caused the reaction yeah she kind of taking taking her biases to the grave discriminatory well we have all this evidence of annette williamson her tragic story her tragic tale her poor family right you think like there'd be a lot of spirits at this place if her her whole family so all the kids the parents killed in new jersey there's no worse way to go out than being killed in new jersey by british people (laughs) right um wow truly but wait that's only half of the story because as far as i can tell annette williamson never existed oh good she doesn't exist 
So what, is it like a publicity stunt from the uh, restaurant? I don't know. Well, this was a story from the French psychic, right? Let's let's roll back. Okay, let's go to let's this roll guy. All the way back. Let's roll all the way back to the history of this place. So I found the history of this place back to 1710. All different people. It's it's passed down through uh, the entire history of Stony Brook. The families there. The development of Stony Brook. The historical figures here. And as I started reading the story of Annette Williamson, while also the history of Stony Brook and the house and the ownership. I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't, all this doesn't make sense. And I found a great blog post that pointed this out too and did some digging and I did some digging based on that. So there are a bunch of inconsistencies with the Annette story Mm -hmm. that we're going to go into. Wonderful. Number one, there was never a Williamson family that owned the property. That's a pretty big red flag. You just check that with like de- deed like records. Yeah. So at the time, the Davis family, who originally built the property, mm-hmm. still owned it. They owned it for like four generations. So well past the American Revolution, it was owned by the Davis family. Yeah, that's like a hundred years at least. Yeah. Right. So there wasn't a Williamson family that owned it. There was a Williamson family that lived in the area. Actually, around the corner. I was just about to ask if they were like friends or neighbors or something. They were neighbors, but that was in like the early to mid 1800s. Nowhere near 1776. Right. On top of that, the name Annette just wasn't used (laughs) at the time. That is not a name that was used in the colonies slash America. Well, are there... In the late 1700s. There are, like, almost no records of that name. And there wouldn't be any, like, census records going back that far, really. There actually are. There actually are a lot of, uh, a lot of, like, death records and and that. Uh, We're going to get into that because I found those But, like, not, like, U.S. census, you know, because that wasn't a a thing. Yeah, there are records, but, yeah, they're pretty flaky. Yeah. But I was able to find the Williamsons that lived there and died there, uh, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, but on top of that, even before we get to the damning evidence, Annette isn't a common name mm-hmm. at the time. Williamson isn't a Dutch last name. It's English and Scottish. Okay. So the name Annette isn't Dutch. The last name isn't Dutch. The name wasn't used for like generations later. Mm-hmm. The family never owned the property. They, there was the family that lived in the area it's generations later. So I'm wondering, how, how can this story, there's so many questions from that. Mm-hmm. Like, people, people see the ghost of Annette Williamson. Yeah, or something. They see her. They see something yeah. that fits the description of Annette Williamson. I mean, down to the details of stuff in the same room that she was supposedly hanged in, right? Mm-hmm. So I found out that the evidence that's proposed for this story is that if you go to the Obadiah Davis Cemetery in the back of their property, you'll see the Williamson family tombstones and you'll see an Annette. Mm-hmm. You'll see a John Williamson and an Annette Williamson. Let me send you guys the link here. I found the tombs and pictures of the tombs. So they do have them. The on, people buried on here. Their, you just can't visit there, but there are pictures of 
the cem- yeah. stuff in the cemetery. You can. It seems like you can ask to go there. And what's gotcha. interesting, the reason we have these pictures and the dates and the names is because a descendant of Obadiah Davis living today uh-huh. went there and documented it all on this website, Find a Grave, yep. and documented all his huh. ancestors and the other people who lived Good here. For him. If you guys scroll through this list, which I'll have in the show notes, do you guys see an Annette Williamson? I see a Hannah, mm-hmm. a John, and a Will- William Williamson. Real creative guys. And when did they die? Uh, the mid-1800s. Yep, we've got 1827 for Hannah, 1844 for John, 1831 for William. It just doesn't line up. There is no Annette Williamson. Hmm. There weren't Williamsons that died in this area or on that property that time. Now, uh, let me play devil's advocate for a quick second and give some highly implausible explanation. Yeah, of course. But it could be very well that there may have been an Annette Williamson, but there could have been something that happened, like some kind of illegitimate marriage or birth or something with her involved. And of course, back then, uh, you know, women didn't really have a lot going for them. So if there was a situation like that, you know, she would probably get in the most, you know, trouble if anything like that happened rather than the man. So it could have just been like something happened. They didn't want that, you know, quote, stain on their family and maybe it's she could have just been buried in some unmarked grave that's i know again far-fetched but like well see my if issue she existed with that, my issue with that is there are williamson tombstones there like frank has shown us right um and they're well past the date of the american revolution which doesn't add up with the story of them all dying like supposedly the the way that frank has told the first half of the story is that the bloodline of the williamson at least in that area died out that night yeah i mean the only thing i could say to that would be like maybe the psychic got it wrong and it was the civil war and some southerners or some southern sympathizers killed them that's Oh, that's actually again. This is that's this is just so going on that yeah, she did exist, and just trying to come up with something about maybe why she's not there. Very unlikely that any of this. I never thought of the valid. Yeah, I mean, even the civil like, because yeah, that but even then, that's still before the uh, the the great the deaths of the people. It's still before. So like again, it, it just to tr- think of something about maybe why she could be you know, a real person. Yeah. That's that's an important thing to know. It definitely is possible that there was an Annette Williamson who lived maybe right, maybe they didn't own the property. Maybe maybe parts of the story are true, right? Yeah. And yes, maybe we just don't have the records of it and it doesn't line up. Maybe there is a spirit of her for whatever reason still there. Um however given what evidence does exist when you look into it, there actually is no physical evidence to support the story at For all. Sure. Everything, unfortunately, came from that one original psychic, as far as I can tell, and the follow-up psychics and mediums that claim to be in contact. Do we have the name of the original French psychic? 
or I could not find it. No. Maybe. If I can find it, I'll put it in the show. The notes. epilogue to this story would be calling Bob and asking. Do you remember what that guy's name was? I am actually debating <laughs> calling up the restaurant or sending an email and not being, you know, um, critical and saying, the story you tell is true. No, of course he, not. He doesn't. What is true is that people see something, right? They experience something. They see a ghost of a young woman. They see stuff fly off shelves. They get chair, chairs thrown at them. They get candles relit. Mm-hmm. They see things. They hear things. They experience things. That's, I don't doubt. Right. Me neither. Then what's going on? Yeah, we, have an, we have an unidentified spookum. What is going on? Isn't that, I feel like that's a, even more interesting than it being true. Personally, I think, sorry, even at Williamson, a lot of things that just don't make sense. Why would the whole, like, the British soldiers just murdered a bunch of babies, like a bunch of kids? Yeah, they're... They're Why not the monsters. Die, but they're, the, the historical record clear. I mean, I found documents from Stony Brook going back to like <clears throat> that were published in like 1907 mm-hmm. showing pictures and giving the history. And there's never, ever any, any historical record, any mention of a Williamson family owning it. Mm-hmm. It's always Obadiah Davis for generations and the Thomas Hathaway for many years. Then what's, what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I think... I think some people are being a little untruthful for maybe different reasons. That Because the psychics sometimes. claim that if you go to the cemetery, you will see her tombstone. That's just not true. The the two they're even the like, two psychics? The I forget their names. Yeah. They 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 I watched an hour and a half long presentation by them. <laughs> and I feel like I'm I'm attacking somebody I I'll I'll link to it in the show notes. I hope no one uh hope this doesn't get back to them. Yeah. Um but they talk about I mean, I went through that video and I found just, I kept track of all the things that were, that appeared to be factually incorrect with what they were saying. Hmm. They had a little slideshow. They claimed that there's only two tombstones of Williamson's at the cemetery. And one of them is Annette. The other one is John. That's not true. Well, there's three. There's three. And there's no Annette. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. How do you, how do you get Annette from like Hannah or John or William? Is right? there any weird, like old, old like translation or something of like Annette to Hannah in any way. Not that I can even, see. I, it doesn't, I don't think so. It yeah. doesn't sound very likely, but. The only thing some related to that is I, you could, even, Williamson is not a Dutch last name, but it could be an anglicized version of the Dutch last name. Uh. So like they could, maybe they're, you know, because I point out it's not even the Dutch name. It could, you know, it could have been a Dutch name that was turned into a more English name. Perhaps. In the colonies. But, yeah, just really, it doesn't line up. But it makes me wonder because you've got EVPs of the of voices. You've got, you've got psychics claiming to be in contact with her, mm-hmm. claiming to see her, claiming to have her tell them the story, right? The original psychic claimed Annette, Annette's spirit, told him her terribly sad story. Mm-hmm. So what what's going on, right? Is it, I don't think everyone's just pretending. I don't think it's hallucinations. No, I never is liked it that, that explanation hmm. either, the hallucinations. Is it the story has generated the experiences that people see? Is that possible? Is it that the story of a young 17-year-old Annette Williamson with long blonde hair, blue eyes that haunts because of this story, did that generate a ghost? that people now see what do you guys think i have two things when they do the evp or when the 
I guess when the you you know you can't really know what the psychics are hearing from the spirits or whatever I guess, but when they say like oh do they say oh Annette, are you here like do they specifically say yes. her okay because I was gonna say if they just say nothing related to her name, yep no it's it it's is they address Annette. Annette they mention the story I even watched a YouTube video of some kid from six years ago who would go around Long Island with his grandma, who was psychic, and he would wow. bring an EVP meter and go into haunted places and go, in this place, he'd go, Annette, are you there? His his voice is it's kind of funny. I feel bad for laughing at him, but it's very funny. I'll, <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes. Goes, Annette, are you there? And then <laughs> you hear like the thing go off, and he's, Grandma, 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 come here. Come look. It's really weird. The gr- a no, grandma like, and gr- grandson paranormal investigating duo and his dad and his uncle (laughs) are part of their production it's a whole family business it's pretty cool it's a family business but it is the guy's voice is funny uh, what do you think so one thing that i was considering which still doesn't completely make the story line up um perhaps because the entire family was killed and you know there was no like next of kin to bury them Perhaps the British soldiers just took them and dumped them with other bodies, or oh wait, no, it was the townspeople that killed them, wasn't it? Oh, but maybe that works though, because yeah, the story is that they were so pissed at the Williamsons that they killed them all. So maybe yeah, maybe they wouldn't give them a proper burial. Yeah, so you know maybe they their bodies and therefore records have gone unnoticed. What about the other tombs though that are Williamsons? Is that just like? A later branch of that family. I mean, it's there? it's not like an unheard of name. That's yeah, you know. And given that their names are what would be John and Hannah, and, that Wi- and William, little, and William, William so, Williamson. <laughs> well, you got to start the last name somewhere. But um, true that those all sound a lot more English names so perhaps it's just a coincidence and there's a different family of williamsons that'd be interesting but they're also in the same exact area at the same time it's the same unlikely but, but yeah you never no, know. it's definitely possible I, I i never honestly thinking about like maybe the time period is off or that those were two theories that just never crossed my mind when doing all this research i was like this is ridiculous there's no such person it's it's a lie <laughs> but no there definitely are who knows, right? I think there's something or some things mm. that haunt the Country House restaurant in Stony Brook, New York. I don't think we'll ever know who it is or what it is, but it's presenting itself as the spirit of Annette Williamson. So here's my other idea or thought. So there is this idea of something called a tulpa. And Mm. for people who don't know what a tulpa is, it's this kind of old, I believe, Tibetan, like, concept, like, spiritual concept where you put enough thought into something, into some being, and it becomes its own thing. Like, it's a a real thought form, and and it does things. And there are, you know, plenty of stories of those. And so it isn't far-fetched to believe that if um if bob heard this story or however this story got like initially started i don't know if bob is the first i don't know if this psychic told bob you know 
could told other people or whatever but if enough people go there and it's popular enough in long island and enough people believe it is it really is yeah so if enough people believe it and give a lot of credence to it and think about it while they're there those thoughts being so concentrated on that could create like a topic entity and it's manifesting as this annette williamson that really isn't there and that lines up with there not being any records or anything like that then where do you think the original story do you think that french psychic was just like yeah i want a free meal let me just uh there's a spirit here uh uh, Annette Williamson. Let me let me tell you the tale over a dinner. You think you just I like mean, made up a story, we, and then that we don't know anything about snowballs. That guy. We don't know anything about the French psychic. Yeah, I gotta find. We gotta find that guy. Yeah, or we gotta find Annette. Yeah. Oh, oh, I would love to go. And evidently, people just show up or talk to the guy, and he lets them like do paranormal investigations. Like the owner is very obviously. It's like a great marketing thing, right? He's really into it. Well, if also, like he really if people are exp- if people it. are experiencing things, like we've been saying, something's happening. Oh yeah, there's is it, there's stuff it's, there. It's if it's a topa that's people have thought because people thought it's a net and that's what's happening, then sure. But um, if it's not and there's something else at play, maybe again there could be uh, there are plenty there are plenty of undocumented deaths that happen and i'm sure back then it was probably oh, more yeah. common not saying no records were taken it wasn't that long ago but could be an um, undocumented death and it's just matching the same description the annette thing could have just been made up who knows like the That's like true. the actual name like like it could be like a person could still have died there but maybe her name wasn't annette That's true well Final thoughts, Aaron? When are we going down to this restaurant? It's my final thoughts. <laughs> Give me, uh, let's let's say, uh, a few months. I will go. I will call. I'll say, Bob. Bob, you lying to me? There's, there's no <laughs> okay, well. Let me see. Show me the grave, Bob. Show me Annette Williamson. <laughs> it's in your backyard. Uh, you know. I would love to get to the bottom of that. It's also weird that, there's kind of uh, aside from the story, that this is what's called Long Island's, you know, quote, most haunted location. When there's all those stories and conspiracy theories of what happened out on, like, Montauk. That's... So, like, why... Those are going to be great stories for another time. Like, why... Like, when I think of, like, you know, spooky things or just weird things in Long Island, I think of Montauk. I don't think of this restaurant in Stony Brook. We'll have to record another episode on that. Yeah, you're right. I think maybe this is, um, it's very accessible. I guess, yeah. Right, yeah, it's like, and right, frequent. you tell us to kids, you tell it to, uh, yeah, it's a restaurant. to adults. It's, yeah, it's like something that, right, we're not saying like, Bigfoot lives in Shoreham, New York. <laughs> he might, you don't know. Oh, he might. There's not enough people in the, to, it's a to summer find home. In the, it's a summer in the, home. In those artificial woods down on Long Island. Bigfoot in the Hamptons. That sounds like a, it's a movie or a book or something. <laughs> sounds like a, one of those really cheesy sci-fi, mu- sci-fi movies. Yeah, right? Big Fun Hamptons. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think maybe that's, you know, it's easy to market. It's like a great touristy thing, too. But, yeah, something's going on there. I think it'd be great if, if we had a nice dinner there and uh, kept an eye out for her. And Annette threw a knife at you. 
and okay. Keshi throws. Butter knife. <laughs> Maybe just like change the channel on the radio. That's good change enough for me. The craziest claim I heard from Joe, the media psychic or whatever, mm-hmm. was that he has EVPs where you hear the background music of the restaurant playing. Yep. And it will cut from that to the voice of a young woman singing. Huh. Just no music at all, just her singing. I don't know what he meant. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I never... Uh, one thing... Couldn't find recordings. Like, a personal thing for me. EVPs always are so shaky for me. Like, all the audio evidence that, like, you know, plenty of the ghost shows do. And, like, even on... Like, I love, like, the BuzzFeed Unsolved guys, what they what they did. Yeah. Like, But they still do, like, the EVP things. I never really liked that, you know. And I, you know... I believe in ghosts and that a lot of people experience a lot of weird things. I have friends that have experienced things, but like the, those audio recording things, I don't put a lot of, a lot of credence into what those give. So I'm always hesitant when someone says, Oh, look at this EVP. Cause even like you said, it said, Oh, come. Ah, yes. One. Yeah, it's, those are the ones those I are the, those. That's just such the classic EVP. I'll put them in the show notes where you get one word. And really maybe is. two, you never get full sentences, but, the full sentences you get might come from like psychics, but then now you have to put all your belief in this one person. And apparently at least with these psychics, they just missed the mark. Yeah. And it makes you wonder like, are they just picking up on that? Like you said, Nick, like that thought form that's out there. Like, are they just picking up on what's around? It's not necessarily weird. True. Like if you like, okay. So say like they, they, you know, they, can contact the dead, like like psychics or mediums. It'd be weird for them to be able to be in contact with something that's not dead. It's you know it's a it's a if it is like a tulpa idea, that's just like energy from people's thoughts. You think so? I think I mean unless it I mean you can go into all this kind of different how you know energies work and. Aaron should tell us as the electrical engineer how <laughs> energy works. How energy works. You want to lose viewers with that one? Which <laughs> is like you know, I it, it'd be it's weird to think that like me like people that say they're mediums. That's the connotation that they talk to the dead. If it's a tulpa, that's yeah. not a dead thing. It's the idea of a dead yeah, thing. That's good. I guess not the person, but I understand what you're saying. So you're saying if mediums can do what they claim, they would really only be communicating with dead spirits, yeah. not with other you know quote made up spirits things. because it's. Again, yeah. there's a lot of energy that goes into, like, this creation of a tulpa. Like, you know, the Tibetan monks, where this started, you know, monks, are, you know, they live a very solitary life, but they can be very focused. So yeah. they put a lot of thought into whatever entity they want to create, and then they create that tulpa. So, if, like like I said, if a lot of people are doing that, maybe not a lot of thought, but if a lot of people are putting some thought into it, it's still just this buildup of, you know thought energy it's it's the equivalent of a spiritual think tank <laughs> but just instead of, did you have that written down no i did not <laughs> it was like you know nice. a lot of people are just thinking about it. it'd be weird that psychics yeah. could oh, yeah. pick up on like thought forms rather than spirits because yeah, I... then it makes you wonder for all these like classic haunted places even down there like amityville and all that the psychics yeah. that go there, are they picking up on spirits or on tulpas? If, because 
if a lot of people are thinking about things and you believe in that idea of a tulpa, it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility that that's what it is and there aren't actually any. That's interesting. Yeah. So. I, they came across, they both came across as very sincere and very confident, but some of the things that they said were just factually wrong. Mm-hmm. So it makes you wonder, right? It really makes you wonder. I think that there's still enough questions that are left unanswered here. I'm going to keep digging a little bit and maybe we'll report back one day, but I think it would be great to visit, see if we experience anything. At the very least, uh, have a very expensive meal. Hopefully <laughs> it would be good. Maybe if we're nice, we could visit the cemetery. If we say, uh, if we impersonate FBI agents, as Nick says. I'm telling you, it's a surefire way. For legal purposes, that's a joke. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> That's the story of Annette Williamson, and I have to say, it made me wonder that the very first story I decided to research and tell was such a well-known story in Long Island that also proved to be on very shaky historical ground. Mm -hmm. Really makes you think. So I'm very curious to see... And the things I research next, I'm going to be looking more at things in the Bronx, in my hometown, and also Long Island stuff because there's just a lot of history there. Is that going to be a common theme or is this an outlier? So tune in to the next episodes. Looking forward to what you guys have in store. Hopefully there's less deception by psychics and mediums. And, and what I have coming up uh, from what I've done, there are no psychics involved. It's more the retelling of others' accounts of a uh, very large cemetery right in uh, Schenectady, here in the capital region. Oh, we can go there too. Yes, and we you can visit there. It's a very and you can walk through there even at night. It is just like public, and you can you know it's a people have taken it for like shortcuts and things, but there are a lot of uh, a lot of like individual accounts of things happening there, and a lot of um. That's um, much more on the negative side of things than kind of the, the playfulness that this Annette has exhibited. Awesome. That's what we'll be looking at for me. Yeah, for my upcoming story, we're going to be real local to us. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be looking at uh, RPI, Rensselaer uh, Polytechnic Institute, where there's legend of a nurse Betsy uh, haunting one of the classrooms of campus and there's varying accounts of the story some good some bad but no one really knows all that much about it but there's been some paranormal investigators that came to look i'm looking forward to that that's gonna be great that's gonna be spooky so yeah great looking forward to the next episodes and i hope everyone enjoyed hearing about annette williamson i encourage you to go uh go over there and try to talk to her and ask her what she thinks about this maybe uh (laughs) Play this on, play this episode on the radio for her there and see if she changes the channel. That's all for tonight. Check out the show notes and all references used at Wednesday at 9pm.com. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll see you next Wednesday at 9pm.
3, 1, 14, 20, 20, 18, 21, 19, 20, 20, 8, 5, 6, 18, 5, 14, 3, 8, 